0: Okay, do you want to introduce Dula? No. welcome? Okay.
1: <laughs> Weird Norfolk is a magical collection of the unusual and inexplicable in the county. From folklore to ghosts, witchcraft to natural wonders, magic to enchanted places, we tell the kind of stories you share on dark nights around a campfire. I'm Stacia Briggs and I write Weird Norfolk.
0: And I'm Shefa Connor and I curate Weird Norfolk. Welcome to Weird Norfolk, and on today's episode, we're gonna be talking about the spinach. Mm, not the spinach. Spinage. So it's spelled S P I N N A G E. Yeah, Spinage. And I would really like to know if anyone else has ever heard of this, or if they have it, or if they've had it. (laughs) And what was the cure? (laughs) Absolutely, none of this will make sense yet. Yeah, no. So I stumbled across um, this story in a copy of the Norfolk Chronicle from 1840, which. I always like to verify or clarify these things. That's just at the beginning of the Victorian era. So it just kind of puts it a little bit into context. Um, So the article read, children who are sickly are taken to a woman living in St. Lawrence, Norwich, for the purpose of being cut for a supposed disease called the spinach. The infants are, on a Monday morning, taken to the woman who, for three pence, Threepence? threepence, threepence, with a pair of scissors, cuts through the lobe of the right ear, then makes a cross with the blood upon the forehead and breast of the child. On the following Monday, the same barbarous, barbarous, and suspicious barbarous, ba- bar- barbarous, ba- <laughs> barbarian, barbarian, bar- <laughs> <laughs> and superstitious barbarous. ceremony is performed upon the left ear. And on the succeeding Monday, the right ear is again condemned to undergo the same ceremony. And in some cases, cases it is deemed necessary to perform the ridiculous operation nine times. I mean, how could we not yeah. do a story about this? It's amazing. It is amazing. But mm-hmm. that is literally the only thing I can find. Yeah. yeah. So I googled spinach. <laughs> spinach. <laughs> spinach, and it kept asking me, "Are you searching for spinach?" I was like, "No, I'm not searching for spinach. I'm searching if for we were spinach searching that
1: I've got some in my fridge. It'd be very <laughs> yeah.
0: quick." And mm. there was nothing. the The only thing I found was a slightly a, a reference in an 1855 book about 14th 14th century phrases which made me wonder if this was an earlier kind of story that had been passed down. So maybe it wasn't actually Victorian, it was actually medieval Mm. because if, Uh, but it sounds medieval it sounds medieval and this book is a collection it was um 14th century phrases uh, a dictionary of archaic and provincial words obsolete phrases proverbs and ancient customs from the 14th century so that was written in 1855 so it it had taken the 1840 piece from the norfolk chronicle and used it exactly but in a docu- in a book about 14th Which, century language.
1: I mean, we are rooting and ferreting about in these chronicles and uh, all the time, aren't we? Mm. And it does seem that that is something that is quite regular that they will present a story. And they're not particularly keen on on where it's come from or no. it's the story, not the not where it's from or when um, it's from. <laughs> yeah, or when it's from.
0: So it'll I just be something like a gentleman heard somewhere and what yeah. they documented it. This
1: seems it. for the Victorian times. I mean, bloodletting was a thing. I'm not sure it was quite that barbaric.
0: No, and this think. is it. So it's it is quite a bar, but bloodletting was really common in the middle mm. ages, oh, sorry, medieval times. But it this sounds really gory, doesn't it? To actually, I think, I don't know how you let blood. Is that what you well, do with speeches?
1: It sounds like the kind of thing the young people have done now, doesn't it? You yeah. know, some kind of scarification or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a very kind of over the top method of been- bloodletting.
0: There would have been quite a lot of
1: blood, I think. They would have let quite a lot, especially if they, and the infection must have been off the scale. If They were doing this every Monday for nine weeks.
0: Yeah, because it would never really get a chance to heal, would it? No, I mean,
1: having had our ears and noses pierced, I mean, that takes forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean I'm not sure
0: my nose healed for about three years. So I don't know, mine um, healed up really quickly because you know when it bit. falls out and then you can't get it back in. Oh, it's that's
1: grim, isn't it, when you have yeah. to force it back in. I've told you my story about having my nose pierced, haven't I? I don't know. I had my I had my nose pierced in Leeds when I was eighteen. Um, and I went to some basement and had it done by some kind of Absolute nut job who did it with a a kind of hammer and a nail or whatever. Anyway, but I was so pleased because it was really unusual then to have your nose pierced. So I thought I was the absolute kind of most alternative person in the world. So I stagger out of the basement having had my nose pierced with a hammer and and then suddenly feel really faint. It kind of comes over me. So I sit down. Um, on the pavement outside Marks and Spencers and at that point I was very into wearing kind of dead men's clothes and and so somebody threw some money at me (laughs) which I kept and bought a sandwich from Marks and Spencers so there we go if you ever fancy a free sandwich just sit down That's
0: my tip. I had my nose pierced in the Arndale Centre in Luton when I went to visit my cousin, and there's a market store there. But they did it with an ear piercing one, which I'm
1: pretty sure you're not meant to do. Like into your brain or something. (laughs) Oh. Oh yeah. So that was. Yeah. It's quite traumatic, isn't it? That's our own bloodletting story. Yeah.
0: That's the closest. Whilst
1: we are talking, can I just because I've got facts. Um, although they're kind of barely you know, I'm shoehorning them in. So, the wise woman who was visited here was in the parish of St. Lawrence, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of near St. Benedict's, isn't it? Yeah, it's on the Anchor Keys, is it? Yeah, the church is still
0: there, isn't it? St. Lawrence. Well, glad you asked about the church,
1: for it is the church where I have facts. Um, I think St Lawrence is is one of my favourite churches in Norwich, really difficult to get inside. I think it's owned by the Historic Church uh, Trust Mm. now. Um, It's got some amazing, if you can get inside it's great, it's got a vault inside there and it's got this these kind of crazy pictures of Victorian angels in there with kind of children's faces that are quite creepy. Um, But my favourite thing, two things, is that the bells that were in the chapel in the field that used to be where the assembly house is now Mm -hmm. are in that tower. That tower was used as a water tank in 1584. It's got the oldest clock in Norfolk in its tower and the west door, uh, which is down one of those kind of really steep passageways Mm -hmm. that will lead from St. Benedict's to the road below the west door has got these kind of spandrels, which in itself is a great word, in the corners. And they are of St. Edmund being arrowed to death and St. Lawrence being grilled to death. Um, St. Lawrence was was a martyr. Okay. And he was said to have been grilled on hot coals. And um, classically, after suffering pain for a long time, he said, I'm well done on this side. Turn me <laughs> over, uh, which is why he's the patron saint of cooks, chefs, and comedians.
0: Oh, that's really because we talked about a saint in our last episode, but he just died of old age. It, which is a bit rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, just, as a, and we said at the, the sort of like saint. We said at the time, yeah. didn't we, that yeah. that is not a saint's
1: death. Well, this door in Norwich at St Lawrence's Church on St Benedict's, which is redundant. Um, it's got two brilliant deaths and you can see them there because I think St Edmund's head was carried off by a wolf wasn't it that's what you're looking at isn't it that's what
0: I want from my saints yeah they're actually depicted within the spandrels
1: they're depicted so you see um, St Edmund being arrowed and you see St Lawrence on the grill Um... (laughs) I'm going to have a look at that yeah, it is. It's a great door. It's a really, yeah. it's a really great one. It's kind of, you always feel a bit weird hanging around there because you kind of have to stop on the stairs and if anyone's behind you, they get quite irritated. So you mm. have to There's quite a lot of up and down there normally to kind of mm. go and look at St. Lawrence on the barbecue. Yeah. But um, that would have been in the area and you can, the place where this wise woman was practising, there's the remains of a well there. I think mm. we've got it in our story, haven't we? Yeah. Um, there was a public well that was, I think you'll now find it near Anchor Keys and you can go and see that. And mm. that would have been where she probably would have drawn her water from.
0: I love like when we can, although we we have no idea who this woman was, like she's not named or anything, but I really like to go to the places and kind of like, I have quite a good imagination for that thing and like picture the people living around there it's like mm. with, um, when we talked about the wise woman of St Stephen's, St. Stephen's. and it's so yeah. obviously it's so far removed from what it would have been like but when you're near the church yeah because the church is still there you can still kind of get a sense of where yeah. they would have lived I don't know those, like, I that makes sense.
1: Those... Those photographs of St. Stephen's, I think we've only got one or two, haven't we, from mm. the amazing Mr. George Plunkett. Mm. But I would have loved to have seen more pictures of that area in in the kind of late 1800s, yeah. when it was very much, I, I, I kind of, in my mind, I imagine it because some of those passageways are still there between St. Stephen's yeah. and say Chantry Place. Is it Chantry Place now? Yes, Whatever. it's Chantry, Chantry, oh, Chantry Place right. or Chantry. Um, so they're very thin and they remind me of the rose in Great Yarmouth of yeah. those kind of warm rose. like roses.
0: Yeah, it's very close. And you can imagine because there would have been I think there was a unicorn yard round there actually at some point. Mm. But yeah you, can, yeah, you can imagine all the little yards and it being quite bustling and close and and then you go into this little yard and there's the wise woman for that little parish who's there who's gonna, you know, cure your ills, cut your children's ears. <laughs> is is that the pin? <laughs>
1: we could do that um is that the period if you could go back to any time in Norwich's history is that when you'd go back kind of Victorian
0: yeah I think early Victorian I'd like to see I wouldn't like to live then have a little visit I'd like to visit and I'd like to wear the dresses
1: and buy the stuff
0: and buy the stuff but not actually I'd
1: be straight off to an undertaker's to get all the kind of. Uh,
0: I'd also quite like to go back further though, if I can. I'm only I'd giving like, you yeah. one ticket. Okay, no, yeah, it'll probably be around the 1840s then. I think mine
1: would be. I think it would. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you quite fancy kind of. I quite fancy Georgian, but mm. if I have to call it, then I'm going back. I think about the 1850s,
0: 1860s. Yeah. But those I was roads. Interested in going back to when, like, the witch trials were and stuff, just to see what I'd really like to know if people were really practicing witchcraft in the way that we think of witches. I think it's. I think it would be I mean, quite dangerous for us to go back well, I know, to that, but period we just like if, if we can make, make, make it, a, it out. It's like if, are you watching Loki on Disney Plus yeah. again? Every episode, I mention Disney Plus.
1: You say she'd be on a retainer. I know.
0: I really should, but like, if you had one of those like time travel machines that they've got, and you could literally just go boop, then that would be fine. If it was like a Back to the Future situation where you had to like build like a whole car and wait for a lightning and all those, then no, it's too risky. Effort, yeah. (laughs) Anyway,
1: (laughs) off topic, but yeah, and we could pop along to St Lawrence, the parish of. To see just, and it was it was threepence to have your baby mutilated. So,
0: if that was nine times, how much would that? It's not cost? Money. That is quite a lot of money. Let's not be.
1: Don't bring maths into this. Quite a lot of What's money. Three times
0: nine. Twenty-seven. So, is it? Yes. Twenty-seven pence. I wonder what anyone. Yeah. I know. Let's move on because it's too hard. So let's yeah. <laughs>
1: Let's think for a bit about what this disease could be, because I have theories.
0: Yeah. So So I
1: think, I think, I think it's spinning. I think it's vertigo.
0: So I was quite intrigued by this because it kind of depended on when, when it actually was. If it was Victorian times, it was probably something completely different to what it was if it was like 14th century. And I was really focused on it being 14th century, not either Georgian or like late Georgian, early Victorian. And common diseases at that time were like dysentery, diphtheria, flu, smallpox, and leprosy. And I was, mm. I was reading through and I, in my head, which you know from my notes when I passed it over to you, I was trying to, th- I was thinking of it, was it something that was maybe made you kind of wilty? Like spinach? Mm. Do you know what I mean, like wilty, um,
1: like doctor. I'm feeling wilty.
0: Yeah. So, so something. How does the
1: baby <laughs> tell you it's feeling wilty?
0: I guess it'll just be like, hmm. no droopy. Yeah. Just with, basically with no energy. And so then I really focused on that. And smallpox causes lethargy, lethargy. and bloodletting was a big cure for smallpox
1: but I think they'd have called it the pox
0: yeah they would have yeah you're completely right so that's ridiculous (laughs) but I had another thing um when I was researching for this podcast I was looking which we'll talk about in a little bit we were looking I was looking at other interesting cures for things and I was reading um from the East Anglian handbook uh, of, of Norfolk, Char- it has a section on Norfolk charms. And there was one, which let me find it. Oh, where did I put it? Which I thought was really interesting and something that we kind of still do today. So I came across this as a cure for sore eyes, piercing the lobes of the ear and wearing earrings was a popular remedy. So, me- and I, I used to have migraines and really bad headaches. And, and the, it did feel kind of spinny sometimes. Like, because my, my eyes were yes. fuzzy, like, and yeah. twitchy and fuzzy. Yeah. And I had them when I was a child. I don't get them anymore. And I thought, maybe something to do with the eyes then? So maybe sore eyes. And there is, and people do, like you said, have their little funny little bit in their ear pierced to help migraines. And so maybe it's yeah. like a carry on from that. I don't know yeah no
1: I, I think I think that's more likely I think it's it's more likely to be kind of vertigo or or something migrainey dizziness mm. just something where you can imagine if your child had been walking and suddenly was veering about and, yeah. and unable to balance
0: but the only thing the... With it is so it says infants so that implies yeah. a very small child doesn't it and how many children would at like at that very young age would be suffering from something that so commonly uh, she's called it the spin I don't know it's just I feel it's really weird. well it could of course be epilepsy it could, be, children it could in- be autism it could be you know
1: the kind of the behavior of a hetero you know heteronormal and, and not the difference between which would have just been not accepted there was no you know you think I just think back to when I was at school and people who would now be given a spectrum diagnosis were put in you know inverted commas remedial classes yeah. you know it, it's com- we've thankfully moved on from that but Certainly medieval times, um, even Victor- you know, Victorian times,
0: mm.
1: that i I'm thinking about that kind of behavior where you some where, where typically you see that children walk on their tiptoes, that they that they tick, mm. that they have behaviour that would not be
0: then mm. easily explained. So she would have just and you would think would have think put it them all be, under she could be cured. Do you think she would have put them all under the same like umbrella term of the spinach so actually they they might not have all been suffering from the same thing yeah just just behavior they couldn't that they couldn't and they're easy because you know with smallpox you've got something
1: obvious and mm -hmm. physical and you know people would have had it but if you have if you are on the spectrum no one person or no two people are the same are they mm -hmm. but you would have maybe certain traits that would be you know under the same umbrella I don't know it just seems it seems that those were that word spin I don't know related the
0: the only reservation I have about that is the description of it children who are sickly
1: yeah true true which brings me back to headache I mean again a headache you know if you think about it now a child who say had a brain tumor or had some kind of neurological problem Mm. that would be picked up quite quickly because we are trained now to look for signs of cancer to look for signs of disease you know we we are assaulted with this stuff all the time where we're kind of the first sign of anything particularly with children Mm. you would be at the doctor in choice then no one would have known if you had a brain tumor no one would have known if you had a neurological Issue, yeah. So, if
0: if you were just showing signs of some kind of head pain, whether it's in your Mm. eyes or you're getting headaches or you're like with vertigo, like your kind of balance is off, yeah,
1: or a head injury, which I would imagine was far more prevalent, you Mm. know, because you've got a system where children are pretty much, you know, once you've actually stopped being breastfed, you're pretty much on your own, aren't you? Mm. I mean, yes, I'm not saying parents didn't love their children, but they were busy, that is particularly working class mothers, they didn't have baby monitors, they didn't have support Mm. systems like we do now. I would imagine the the instance of head injuries was massive and and concussion and
0: yeah you can imagine like a child being sickly from a concussion of some sort, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I can't get away from the work from the the etymology of it, the spin Mm. in spinach. Not the guiltiness of spinach. <laughs> Do You know, I have a problem with spinach, and I really like the taste, and I love spinach, but the I wiltiness like doesn't sports.
0: make you gag. Like it it's makes really, me gag. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I, really I really like it. I really like fresh spinach. But yes, it's me too. And then you have to eat it like with nothing. Yes.
1: or oh. Why have we not had this conversation before? I really struggle with it. And, and, and I love spinach. So if I see something on a menu and it's got spinach, I think, oh, nice, spinach. But if they've left those stalks on, I can be eating it and think, tastes nice. And then suddenly, mm. uh, because, because it's the texture, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's oh, just really no. stringy.
1: It's so stringy. Why don't they chop it? I don't know. What's wrong with them? <laughs> Why have they not eating their own food? No, <laughs> they're we are obviously. I tell you what, stalks are not wilty enough. <laughs> that is true. I don't know.
0: Oh, anyway, maybe the whole thing is about people who gag on spinach. Maybe. Well, I'm just saying we're we're speculating on all these, you know, really valid possibilities. There is also the, the thing that she might have just made it up to get three pence a week off people. Well, I think that's a bit cynical. Um, <sighs> Well, because yes. not mentioned anywhere else, like no. literally no, I cannot find this anywhere else apart from these two kind of articles, which are both relating to this not this woman who lives in Saint Lawrence. I can just imagine her going, "Oh, your child's got the spinach. Come to me and give me." Well, fruit. this is handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it. I, 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 I quite
1: like the nod to conventional religion with it, which she's making the sign of the cross.
0: Mm. Well, a lot of people um, at that time would, or through history, have kind of had a religious yeah. element to it. But it's,
1: it's very much moving away or, or kind of almost an insurance policy against being called a witch, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think that's why Absolutely. they did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was I, was,
1: I was saying I looked up last night the whole business of crossing yourself and how you do it and which side first and what it means and I was going to go into that but frankly it's, it's quite it's quite a big thing did I you have a
0: look for it. any so obviously this is quite an unusual cure although I'm quite barbaric but not the worst one I've ever read
1: <laughs> no well I'm sure you've got some I've got some yes so I didn't yes. I, I mean I, I looked at I looked at two things. I looked at the history of bloodletting really quickly um, which, you know, just to run through it. So to see how unusual this form of bloodletting was began about 3000 years ago with the Egyptians, reached its peak in Europe in the 19th century, which does kind of work for us. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all about those four basic elements, the humours, earth, air, fire and water and the belief that it was an imbalance that Mm -hmm. caused illness. And so the treatment would be removing an amount of the excess of humour that you had or whichever the humours you had too much of, you would then have that removed, which would be bloodletting, purging, vomiting, Mm -hmm. lovely, um, weeing uh, and yeah, the methods were cutting, cupping, and leeches—all fairly obvious. The cupping sounds a bit rank. That's where you um, scrape the skin with a multiple-bladed box, place a dome-shaped glass over the skin, and extract the air by suction.
0: People still do cupping, though, don't they? I don't I mean, think they cut themselves. They, first, they, I don't they. think they do, but they do it at like spas and stuff, don't they? You just look like
1: you look like an extra you got loads from of, like, Doctor like,
0: Who, like because it leaves like yeah. marks.
1: I hate Mark. I hate that. Why does anyone leave a love bite? It's the least sexy thing in the world. I know that's not what they do when they cup you, but you know what I mean. Um, Charles II was treated with bloodletting, and that made me lol slightly. So he suffered a seizure. Um, His physicians let 16 ounces of blood from the left arm, 8 from the right. He was given emetics, enemas, purgatives, mustard plasters, herbs, quinine, and then bled from the jugular vein and then he died. <laughs> 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 you shouldn't laugh. Went through all that. <laughs> and then he was dead. George Washington similarly had a fever and pneumonia and they let his blood, blistering, emetics, laxatives, he died too. Mm. So don't try it as the... thought
0: bloodletting worked, like was a cure, does bloodletting work? It's still used for three illnesses, again, with
1: really long scientific names that none of us would really know about, but it is still used. It's basically used if you have a blood condition that means you have too much red platelets or I something. Think. I don't know. But it is, yeah, it can I be
0: used, I'm into, sure. I did have a look into bloodletting as well, but I couldn't find anything specific relating to bloodletting from the ears. I don't no, know if you could. No, nothing. Yeah.
1: It does seem she may have made it up. Yeah, yeah, probably. But let's not, you know. Mm, you've all you all got an
0: ago, haven't you? People have had their ears pierced for centuries, haven't they? That is like a really old thing. And people have have their ears split, don't they? For... Yeah. So I'm just wondering if, yeah, people have their ears split. Yeah. I'm just want to think how she cottoned on to this idea of c- how cutting the ear would help. But if the ear piercing thing was an old cure for sore eyes, why didn't she just pierce their ears? But I guess she wanted them to go back.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she wouldn't go back. So if you pierce them, then that's job done, really, isn't it?
0: Mm. So I was having a look but, at some other charm. Did, did you have a look at some weird charms as well? So yes, I as I mentioned earlier, I was looking through the East Anglian handbook for 1885 and i found some ones that i quite liked the first one was for burns the following charm for burns is sometimes accompanied with the sign of a cross there were two angels who came from the north one bought fire the other bought frost out fire in frost out fire in frost in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen like why did they think that was going to cure a burn (laughs) Cold water
1: might be a bit more useful, yeah. isn't it? It's, so it just seems really... like,
0: why do they think, so you would hold, like, go out fire in frost? How is that A bit late happen? then, isn't it? Yeah. Really? It just seems like, why late. did they think this was a good idea? Anyway. Well, I suppose the, the thought behind it is make it cold
1: quickly, but just make it cold quickly. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. Jump in a river, maybe. Yeah. That would be I, Okay, maybe if you eight. so my next, my one I've got, Um, This is the Vickery method, named after English doctor Thomas Vickery. A healthy chicken was taken, its back and rear plucked clean. This bare part of the live chicken was applied to swollen nodes of the sick person and the chicken strapped in place. When the chicken showed signs of illness, it was thought to be drawing disease from the person. It was removed, washed, strapped back on, and this continued until the chicken, or the person, died. Someone was not coming
0: out that well. A lot of these charms had animal cruelty quite high in the ingredients list. Um, I found. Yeah, I've got another one that I liked. um, It's for whooping cough. And a lot of them did seem to be for whooping cough, actually. I've got two more that. So I've got this one then. I've got another one I'd like to read. So this one was um, The child was laid face downwards on the turf of, of a toil meadow. The turf was cut round the child in the shape of a coffin. The child was then taken up and the flag of earth turned roots upwards. And as the grass withered, it was believed the cough was wasted. This all must be done secretly or the charm will fail. Like what? Quite
1: difficult to do that secretly. And also like
0: cutting a coffin shape around a child.
1: And also like how you explain that the next day. It's not like a mole, is it? (laughs) <laughs> it's like, did you see that coffin-shaped hole in the ground? Oh yeah, no, I don't know anything about that. It's just so, really weird. Um, um, I've got uh, toothache. Put a mouse in your throat. <laughs> Gout.
0: Stand on an electric eel. And <laughs> <laughs> um, my other one awesome. I was was for. So I don't know how you say it. Egg. Which is. Just because people probably do know, but I wasn't sure. It's um, a fever or a shivering fit. So apparently, fright. You're wasn't a shivering sure. fit. <laughs> um, we haven't done that for ages. Uh, so fright was also, was meant to cure the egg, arg, whatever. One example, and this is in Norfolk. One example oh. is a woman I- was suffering with incu- incurable arg egg Egg. (laughs) (laughs) tomato anyway she was suffering so her husband told her that their pig was dead the horror at this dreadful news overcame all of her feelings she forgot all about her egg and hurried to the scene of the catastrophe where she found to her great relief that the pig was alive and well and she again (laughs) i think that one would also work for hiccups yeah, I
1: love Your the, pig's dead.
0: <laughs> the
1: horror. <laughs> like, That's amazing. Oh my God. I might use that every time I feel ill. Well, I suppose you need someone to give you a shock, basically, don't
0: you? And yeah. I just you know, love that that um, was so hor- horrifying. It wasn't like he jumped out at her and made her jump, you know, or like. It is brilliant. It, it was like, oh, the pig's dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I feel better now. It's not. Gosh. Um, Yeah, what else did I find? I found that in a 1665 plague outbreak, one to bear in mind at the moment, in London, children were told to smoke cigarettes, (laughs) which at the time were thought to be disinfectants, and tobacco smoke enemas, which is apparently the source of the phrase blowing smoke, were developed as an 18th century version of CPR, Uh, by members of the Institution for Affording Immediate Relief to Persons Apparently Dead from Drowning, which is a group I feel we should definitely join, um, who would drag victims out of rivers, strip them, and use an enema to blow smoke into the person manually or with bellows. (laughs) So at least if you died, you kind of died after a last cigarette. (laughs) Can you imagine if you drowned? If you were drowning, and they pull you out, and then literally put smoke in your lungs—that's amazing, isn't it? Well done, the Victorians. Brilliant.
0: It's just—it's um, it's just. I know we can laugh about it now. Like, how did? Why did they think that would work?
1: Well, I suppose. It must have been I suppose the behind
0: they said that smoking
1: would deter the plague, maybe um but not i mean it would give you lung cancer yeah because i
0: think people like had like thoughts like strong smells would get rid of the plague wouldn't they because the plague box um doctors would have like strong smelling herbs in their masks and stuff Mm. so i guess maybe the strong smell had some kind of association with that maybe i did read that Um, people would make spider pills to cure the egg arg i get
1: they was, was, was the spider
0: peel basically just a spider? It was just a spider but covered in dough and then they'd swallow <laughs> it. <laughs> right,
1: okay. Well, that sounds delicious. I've got something delicious to counter that with. Um, in the early 1600s, a German physician suggested a cure for a range of conditions and for basically just making you feel better full stop was to make a kind of jerky... Out of the corpses of 24 year old redheads chopping up their bodies <laughs> mashing the bits in wine myrrh and aloe before dry curing them <laughs> not great for 24 year old redheads but you know that's like so of it specific all kind of again it's
0: like really so specific. specific how did you that kind
1: of go? wonder if he'd murdered a 24 year old redhead don't you yeah <laughs> he was like no i, I did this,
0: this. <laughs> She like, wanted this. Did they she specify male it. or female, or can it be any twenty-four-year-old redhead? Uh, yeah,
1: no, it could be anyone. Mm. You know, it's, so that does make it a bit
0: easier, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It does. It widens the field, doesn't it? It's just so um, weird. They, like something must have happened to m- make people think that these cures worked. Well,
1: presumably they tried it and someone got better because sometimes you just get better
0: yeah well I noticed so, on a few of them it was like oh get a spider or a chicken or a mole or whatever and put it in a bag and hang it up and when it's wasted away you'll be better and it's like well you might yeah, have been better probably anyway. <laughs> because it's a week has passed so you're probably <laughs> better or dead better. yeah so yeah, yeah. Is I mean
1: the only thing actually I've just found something about blood which is really unprofessional because we've kind of done that and now we've gone to more fun things like moles and and jerky out of twenty four year olds, and um, but this is this is about bad blood. Mm. So it was believed that by some that if you had bad blood, which could again be because you were behaving strangely, because you were ill, because you were a wrong. Um, you needed to have that bad blood let so mm-hmm. you had less blood blood. And that was more likely to be a cut than it was to be. So maybe this whole ear thing is about getting rid of bad blood, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then maybe. you would have to
1: dispose of that.
0: And that would um, also tie in maybe with the the drawing of the cross. Because that's like a protective thing from evil. Mm. So yeah. Hmm.
1: So I mean, there's this is one of those stories that I don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of, unless really. we get a
0: time machine and we can go and find Mrs. Spinach.
1: <laughs> yeah, Mrs. And just see what else she can cure by yeah. giving us giving us a. Is this is quite.
0: It's quite kind of you
1: know. Could she not have chosen somewhere a little bit less obvious? Hmm. You know? I don't know. I quite like the ones
0: of... where we'll just never know because it gives us loads of room to
1: completely make it up.
0: Yeah, and it could it could literally be anything. We will never well, it know. It would be
1: quite tedious if it was there was a woman who cured the spinach. The spinach was the flu. Yeah. And, and she did this. Ends. Yeah, no, that would be boring. But thankfully, history has given us no answers which means we can wildly speculate <laughs> As is our want.
0: Yes. (laughs) From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant.